You're listening to the On Call Impact Show. All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the On Call Empath. This is Raj Mintaj with the 100th episode. I have a very special guest who has made an appearance on my podcast on a couple episodes in the past. You want to definitely check those episodes out. Gitz Epstein, um, he is a narcissist relationship uh, healer, and he's a co-founder of Magnolia Healing Center. Gitz, it's an honor to have you back. Welcome to the 100th episode. Thanks so much for having me, Raj. It's an honor to be back and congratulations on 100 episodes. That's fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes. And I'm so excited to talk about this next subject. I know a lot of people um, you know, have questions about narcissist uh, abuse and being in relationships. So today, I want to just kind of jump in uh, and pick your brain about dating relationships, um, sexual um, issues that rejection with narcissism, just all the good stuff that, you know, that I get a lot of questions that people have out there that are suffering out there. So just getting started, uh, let's start, let's start with looking at the signs of dating a narcissist. Like, what's that look like? I mean, especially with a lot of the people that you, I guess, uh, deal with on a daily basis. For sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, a lot of these individuals that we call narcissists are extremely deceptive. So uh, you can, you may not see many signs, definitely want to look for for the many signs, which include um, just inconsistencies. You want to look Mm -hmm. for respect. You want to look for someone who uh, has a sense of self and actually has a plan for their life. Somebody who um, just has overall compassion and empathy. And again, these things could be faked. So if, you know, we all, even the best of us get deceived, but you know, the way I see it is the best way to to protect yourself from falling for a narcissist is to know who you are, to have self-awareness, to um, know your needs and know what you're looking for in, in a partner, in a relationship, and ultimately to have a plan for your life, to have a vision for your life. When that's the case, you are much more able to identify if the person who you are dating is someone who can meet those needs and is somebody who is aligned with your lifestyle, your life vision, your life purpose, and what's important to you. So that answer, the answer, can, I can go on and on, obviously, the signs right. But that's sort of the basic main idea is that you want to kind of focus on yourself and identify mm-hmm. what kind of life you want to live, what kind of person you want to be, and, and become the healthiest version of yourself. And ultimately, you'll attract somebody who is healthy. And 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 I use the term narcissist, but usually, I mean, what I want to reference to is just anybody that's toxic, malicious, someone trying to, you know, just not very positive. Like this could go for anyone out there um, that might be holding you back to being the best version of yourself. Um, if somebody is with a toxic person or a narcissist. What are some of the ways that um, that you feel that they can do as far as steps? I know you have a steps um, with your with a lot of the coaching that you do. What are some of the things they can use right away to slowly get away from this person safely without getting hurt? Yeah, well, great question. I mean, first of all, if you are dealing with someone who is going to make an enemy out of you the second you walk away, then you want to make an exit plan. Before before you let them know that the relationship's over. Because the second you tell them the relationship's over, or the, the second they get wind, <laughs> they get on the way out. So in essence, you kind of have to have a little bit of an escape route. And um, whether that's a financial one, a legal one, uh, friendships, emotional support, relational support, um, 
But the way I see it, there's there's a couple different things. There's twofold. There's the external, uh, you know, I guess safety that you want to make sure exists, but also you want to work on yourself and you want to become uh, less reactive, more aware of what's going on, have awareness on narcissism, to understand what you're mm-hmm. dealing with, mindful of your reactions, um, become more present uh, and, and go on that healing journey inward. When you're more solid inwardly, less mm-hmm. people on the outside can actually affect you. So I guess you can say the best defense is is a good um, uh, you know ability to mm-hmm. uh, be aware of yourself, your triggers, your wounds, become more whole, become more aware of who you are, how you're showing up. And that way, if somebody else tries to come and manipulate you or bully you, uh, you're just more, more prepared for it. Um, yeah. But also important to understand, if you're on the way out, if you're trying to get out of a relationship with a narcissist, you know, it will be most usually a battle. Um, and therefore don't, don't expect there not to be, don't, you know, I guess be naive enough to think that, oh, you know, we'll just kind of be cordial. We'll just kind of walk away and, and it'll be all good. Um, mm-hmm. and again, you know, everyone's different, but that's kind of the general idea mm-hmm. of how I perceive it. Yeah. And, uh, I know a lot of the people that I've talked to, you know, they try to change them and they think that they'll change, but they never do. It's, right. it's like a condition. I think you've mentioned in my past episodes is, I mean, for them to even seek out a therapist or, or a narcissist coming to you, it's like putting down their ego, which probably not going to happen. Have Have you ever heard of that where a narcissist gets help or, or maybe unless they're forced to go to therapy, but like just coming to you and say, hey, I'm a narcissist, I need help? Yeah, actually several different times. And, and the way I see it is my perspective on it is you have to, you want to see narcissism from a, from a lens of addiction. There's many different elements of it, obviously. But when you understand addiction, you understand that somebody who has an addiction to power, control, manipulation, to hurting people, then like any other addiction on the planet, in order to overcome an addiction, you have to usually, sadly, reach a place of rock bottom. So if a person reaches a rock bottom where they realize that if they continue down this path, that they're going to lose everything, their life, even included, obviously their relationships and their sense of their sense of uh, just the ability to have a life that they want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with, when that is threatened, they'll usually wake up and they'll start to turn their life around. But mm-hmm. even if you reach rock bottom, there's always a, there's always a rock bottom to your rock bottom. You know what I mean? So uh, at that point, if somebody admits, Hey, listen, I am now going to accept that I am my own problem. I'm in my own way. And I need to uh, pay, focus on myself no matter how painful it is. That's sort of the turning point. Um, and that's why I don't necessarily like looking at it, at it from a perspective of narcissism and codependency, even though I do, yes, you can say specialize in that. I like to see it from a wounds perspective. You know, how are your wounds causing you to do, think, feel, and behave in certain ways that are self-destructive and defeating mm-hmm. you, not allowing you to be set up for success? And if that's can be understood and healed, you can literally turn someone's life around from, from the darkest depths and, and really bring them to their to self-awareness and, and even joy and happiness and 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 peace. Yeah. And and it's very like, I guess, very challenging when, when there's kids involved and and you're in a family where, you know, you don't have very many options just to kind of walk away from, from a narcissist. Um, For anyone that's listening right now, what kind of advice can you give to somebody who may not have the resources or um, they're not, able to just take off right now and and they're tied to their kids with let's say somebody who's controlling and and has narcissist tendencies what are what are some ways to slowly kind of get the ball rolling so you can just kind of get away yeah that's 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 definitely one of the tougher things that i have to hear about 
uh, very often. And because you're kind of forced to interact with this person, you know, it's very easy to say, go, no contact, but you cannot go, no contact if somebody or mother of your child. So it's tricky, you know, and the, it, it, the, the, the similarities though are always, um, I guess the underlying factors, you got to focus on yourself. You got to take care of yourself. You got to be there for yourself, mm-hmm. regardless of everyone around you is going, is experiencing when you're there for yourself and you're, you're in better shape, then your children have a better parent to lean on your, mm-hmm. your, you know? so ultimately the, the idea is the same focus on yourself, take care of yourself, do what you can to be the best, most authentic, healthy version of yourself. And yes, the, the situation is not ideal. Like I said, identify your wounds, heal those wounds, identify your reactions. Don't give your power away. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there's so many different nuances because every case is different, but generally speaking, you definitely want to focus on yourself and, and, and uh, understand that just because people around you are being abusive and dysfunctional and even trying to stop you from being living your best life. If you do focus on yourself and you take care of yourself and you identify that you have power in your life and where you want to go with your life, regardless of the situation, uh, then ultimately you take back your power and you have a lot more power. Yeah. We all have a lot more power than I think we believe. And when you exercise that power and you use it in your own life to focus on your vision, your goals, and your mm-hmm. dream, then you disempower those around you who are trying to take you down. And ultimately, that's uh, it's not an easy task, obviously. Right. But that's my, I guess, intellectually and philosophically, that's the idea. Uh, practically, it's it's tricky. Yeah. It's very tricky and stressful. It causes anxiety, depression, um, loneliness for a lot of people. Um, just kind of switching gears here. I want to talk to you more about a more subject that I guess um, most people, I guess they don't talk about as much, but I want to talk about sh- sexual shame and narcissism. Like what are some of the, why are those two linked uh, together and like rejection, like sexual rejection, if you can kind of, educate us on that. I know you did an episode on that as well. And just that subject. Yeah. I talk about uh, sexual shame a lot. Cause I do believe there's many reasons why someone would be narcissistic. I believe that shame is ma- the main reason and sexual shame, I guess is even more of the main reason. I think that's the core cause of a lot of why people are narcissistically abusive. Why we have sexual shame. There's different reasons. You know, if you're raised in a home that was sexually uh, exploited, even if there was not sexual exploitation, disgusted by sex and it was just a shameful thing no one talked about it that's a form of shaming it uh and then you're going to endure and ingest sexual shame so sexual shame is, is an extremely painful thing uh, it's intolerable it's one of the worst feelings you can feel as a human being from my perceptions from my experiences from what i understand um and as a result people will do anything to get out of their shame including dump that shame onto somebody else and hurt other people trying to make them uh feel worse about themselves you know you feel powerless if you have shame so so the addiction to power and control kind of soothes that, right? So it's, it's in that way, uh, that's why the addiction exists. So, you know, we, 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 uh, when, when somebody is sexual, when somebody's shamed in general, um, and they feel shameful about themselves, uh, and then ultimately they feel sex, uh, shameful about their identity, and then more specifically about their sexual identity, uh, again, they will do whatever they can to get out of it. And therefore, you know, we want to understand that when somebody's narcissistic, they're not necessarily choosing their abuser because of them. It's because of their own inability to sit with their feelings and sit with their shame and sit with their pain. And um, so it's not just sexual shame. It's, it's any feelings. It's guilt. It's feelings, humiliation. I think it all kind of goes in this variety of negative emotions that I do not want to face. I do mm-hmm. not want to accept. And I don't want to sit with. I can't sit with. And right. that has been going on. So I'll even develop a false self 
to live in a fantastical world, an imaginatory dissociated state of being just to, uh, just to ignore it. Yeah. Um, so just kind of giving you a scenario, let's say someone's listening right now and they're, they're in, they've been dating somebody or they just maybe got married and they're seeing signs here and there, red flags. What are some of the things that, that you've come across that are like, okay, now we're heading towards more of the narcissist. Like it seems like this person will end up hurting you in the long run. What are some of the things that you tell people to look out for that you've uh, helped in the past? Yeah. Well, you definitely want to look at um, patterns and habits because usually patterns are more revealing than words. Uh, You know, if somebody is showing signs and continuously, then you want to communicate and confront the issue. And if you feel like you've been gaslit out of being able to communicate about the issue, throw the red flag, right? So mm-hmm. um, you know, we all have we all have shortcomings. We all have wounds. We all have corks. We all have flaws. Uh, the issue is, is are you willing to understand those, uh, accept them, and work on them so that you understand how it's affecting other people? You know, if you're alone on an island, you can be as narcissistic as you want. Ultimately, you're just destroying yourself. But the second you're in an intimate relationship and you're hurting and causing pain to somebody else, there has to be an element of communication so you can both reach a place where you feel comfortable mm-hmm. other so if you find yourself uncomfortable trust your feelings and try to communicate and if you can't communicate that's a massive flag because ultimately it identifies that this person is not interested in adjusting and healing and working through their own stuff that's causing dysfunction mm-hmm. in the relationship and one of the things that i see is i mean especially a lot of people that i've come across is they love they love this idea of this person even though they're a narcissist they'll do anything for them um and they'll just and if they do go to therapy they'll you know if they go together you know maybe the the narcissist will comply and maybe he's forced or she's forced to go to therapy and play that role um in your opinion is there hope for a narcissist to turn it around if they go let's say to a therapy session or a couple of them and have the family dynamics back to where it was, or is it just pretty much a lost cause where you're just, or is it just case by case? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anybody can heal. Technically speaking, uh, the pathway to healing exists. Um, I would say that it's not about hope. It's about, are they willing to? Yeah. So holding on to a hope, then ultimately uh, that's false hope and that that'll kind of keep you stuck. Uh, you know, narcissists, my personal experience and from my understanding will play therapists, will play coaches. And there's a reason for that because if I can play the person who's trying to help us, I'm in control. I have power. (laughs) Also, I can keep my victim stuck. You know, they can keep their victim stuck in the relationship, further gaslighting them, you know, and triangulating the therapist or the coach in. So uh, can they, can they be helped? Absolutely. I have people come to me all the time and say, Hey, I'm a narcissist. You know, what do I do? Uh, I've been abusive. A lot of times it's just, coming from a place of, I was unaware of why I was the way I was. And please help me become aware. Please help me understand why I am that way mm-hmm. and help me fix it. In which case, absolutely. I can guide them uh, to healing, but they're the ones who are choosing to become self-aware, to take responsibility for their actions, to have humility, and then go on that healing journey. So uh, mm-hmm. can they heal? It's up to them. It always is every day. It's a choice. Healing is brutal and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to develop a sense of self. Um, and, and really have the humility to accept that you've been wounded and shamed and to take responsibility for that shame. So doable. Yes. Uh, 
what you want to make sure you don't do as a victim of this stuff and, and holding on to the hopes is do that is to hold on to the idea of the person and the idea that you thought they were thinking that, okay, if I can just give them more, they'll one day reach mm-hmm. that place. Chances are that's literally manipulation mm-hmm. by holding their potential over your head, keeping you stuck to keep yeah. on giving really with no intentions of actually trying. Right. Yeah. One, one of the things I get from some of my clients is they tell me, Oh, I'm an empath. And I just keep attracting these narcissists. I keep make, going through these patterns. Why is it? Um, I mean, empaths, not just in particular, but just why is it some people are prone to go towards these types of people? Does it try, start from childhood? Is it something that we're born with that we need someone to abuse us? Or why is it that we always chase these types of man, uh, manipulative people? Yeah. Well, there's several different reasons why. First of all, it's familiar. It's what we know. We already, we're already wired to be a victim. So we almost don't really know how to not be a victim. That's our, that's our patterns of relating. Uh, there's a comfort in it. It's, it's almost mm. like, uh, you know, the devil, you know. Um, but also we, we were on some level, we want to heal and therefore we need that relationship to wake up our wounds to heal. So I guess on a almost entirely unconscious, maybe even a, a, on a spiritual you know, level, there's some, this element of like, I want somebody <laughs> in a weird way to come and pull up my wounds because I can't necessarily access them. And the narcissist will f- identify your flaws, your wounds, your shortcomings, <laughs> rip them open. So instead of seeing yourself as a victim, see yourself as now with the opportunity, because now you have access, they trigger that stuff to actually work through it. So there's a lot of dimensions, a lot of reasons why yeah. energetic, spiritual, psychological, uh, I probably can sit here for a couple hours answering that question, but that's the short answer. And I, yeah. I think that you know, it's, never, it's never your fault. Yeah. It, 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 there is a reason for it. So let's figure out what it is as opposed yeah. to blame. Let's get, let's get curious. Let's, let's ask some questions so we can understand why. Sure. So just kind of wrapping up here. I mean, whoever's listening out there that's been through some sort of narcissist abuse, um, what are some things that actionable things that they can take away uh, after this episode right away? And, these are for people that they're, they know that they're in a relationship with a narcissist. What are some things that they can just use right away? Sure. Well, one of the main things I'm seeing is, is that, is that if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you, the, the, the way the road ahead of you is so daunting. It's so confusing. Uh, at least it seems that way that it keeps you stuck. So it's almost like, let me just stay stuck. Let me stay in this relationship. At least I have a relationship. At least it's something, you know, I don't know if I'll survive out there. Um, so the way I see it, if you're in that spot, that spot of helplessness and realizing, you know, I don't know if I can make it, take that leap. It's, it's fascinating to me. It kind of blows my mind in my own life and in, in, in those who I work with. It almost seems, and believe in God or not, I, I, it's whatever it is, there's something that comes in and kind of assists you. And whether that's manifested in people, mm-hmm. uh, set your intention to get out which is your, you know, that's all you own. You're the only person who can do that. Set your intention and then take actions as your intuition guides you. Mm-hmm. That is the roadway to freedom. So yeah. as dark as it may seem as helpless, I, if you ask me personal opinion, <laughs> I believe that it is never hopeless and helpless unless, uh, uh, until you decide that's the case. So yeah. if you decide that chances are zero, whatever, 0.0005, that you can get out of a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. Take that chance because once you decide, it's fascinating the forces that come along. Yeah. Because it's not just you that wants you out of that relationship and into health. It's the universe, it's people, it's the world needs yeah. healthy, individuated people. So those forces are certainly um, 
and I'm still to figure out what they're called, but call it what you want. Force <laughs> guiding, <laughs> guiding force. But yeah, I mean, that's what I've, I've come across from a lot of people as well is there are certain people, key people that come in and they help you and they guide you and they nudge you towards, you know, a certain route, but you have to be the one yeah. to look for those signs. Yeah. You got to take that leap. You got to take that uh, leap of faith, I guess you can call it. Um, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, let's just say my case, you know, not to toot my horn in any way, but I was victimized by a narcissistic mother. I mean, I don't know if it gets much more disturbing than that, uh, not to compare, but ultimately here I am today. You know, I have, I have health, I have peace. And so the way I see it is that I didn't think that was possible. Could not believe it was possible. And, and so I shock myself every time. And the way I see it is, is that if you are willing to go inward and face yourself and correct damage and, and, and correct your way of thinking, your, your relational patterns and become authentic, healing is so possible. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Change is always scary guys. So I know they say nothing grows in the comfort zone. So we, like you said, we might be used to the abuse and being the victim, but it's not, we're not, nothing's going to change unless we, you know, our next foot forward and just not stay in our comfort zone. Cause I know that's one of the main issues that uh, people tell me is that, you know, that's all they know you know, this is the only person that they know, they don't know anything out. And even if they get out, you know, the healing process continues and there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be victories. There's going to be down, you know, uh, where you're down. Um, but it's a process. It's not linear. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be days when you feel like you can't go on. There's going to be days where you feel like, you feel like nothing can stop you. Um, and, and that's, that's part of the journey, the highs and the lows. Uh, the goal is to weather those storms and keep it moving uh, mm-hmm. and, and never let your negative thinking convince you, your mind convince you that just because you feel like it's helpless that it is um, because you're always one choice away from a different lifestyle. You're always one decision away from a lifestyle, you know? So the way I see it is, is that don't like, don't believe your thoughts when you're in a dark place uh, and don't believe what you tell yourself when you're in pain, because I'm here to tell you that it, they're usually lies you can overcome this stuff. You can move on. You can live your dream. You can do it. Uh, yes, it's a process. And yes, it sucks and painful. And maybe it seems implausible, but it is very possible if you are willing to do the work. Yeah. And that's why I had you on. You're one of the best. And uh, you have a million downloads on on your uh, podcast. If you want to just kind of tell us you know, what you've been up to. I know that you started uh, uh, the Magnolia Healing Center and um, you've got a lot of more episodes on your uh, podcast. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for the kind words. And uh, you can find me on our uh, podcast is narcissism recovery podcast on Spotify, Google podcasts, anchor uh, iTunes, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, we're up to, uh, we're up to a a healing center. My, uh, my partner, Lauren and I, we've created a Magnolia healing center. We're right at the beginning stages it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of different modalities that we're going to include. The goal, heal your wounds of childhood, develop a healthy sense of self. Um, and that's really what the focus is going to be on. Um, but yeah, well, we're just in the beginning stages, so not a whole lot yet, but very sure. excited about that. And um, you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook, uh, Magnolia Healing Center, Instagram, Magnolia Healing Center. Uh, let's see what else. LinkedIn, Magnolia Healing Center. And uh, shoot me a message. You can you can message me if you want to work together. If you just want to send me a story about how you've been struggling, listen to this episode and it give you some healing. I'd love to hear about the not just the losses, also the wins. Uh, info mm-hmm. at get uh, dot com. 
Well, there you have it, guys. There's a reason why I kept the best for last, the 100th yeah. episode. Um, hope you guys enjoyed uh, this podcast and uh, check out our other episodes with uh, Yitz. I've had a, him on several times and I've gotten a ton of good reviews um, from my listeners on those episodes. Um, so definitely check that out. Save this episode um, and maybe give it to somebody that might be going through narcissist abuse. So with that said, stay tuned for season two. We're going to end this on a positive note. And uh, I love you guys. Thank you for all the love and support. And uh, always keep moving forward. Take care. Thanks. It's, and you're always welcome back. Of course. Thanks for having me, Raj. It's an honor. Absolutely. You're listening to the On Call Impact.